Thank you, Zach, for that Bible excursion. Many stories right out of Scripture. And you've all got a story, too. If he had enough time, he could write a, a verse for you. What would it be? I would trust that it would end up in the fact that you have a relationship with Christ, that you're not sitting here outside of the family of God, and that you belong to the story that he sung about. Well, tonight, we're going to gather together again at 5.30, and Zach's going to be part of the uh, ministry that we've got here. It's another pizza night. Kids, this is the last night. You better get with it. Uh, bring your favorite pizza. Bring your parents. <laughs> bring your friends. Bob Hiltz will have a message in Q&A. It'll be a variety evening. And Zach will, I'm going to call it a mini concert. There will no doubt be some congregational singing in the midst of it. But uh, it's, it's going to be a time of ministry to the hearts. Zach's had the privilege of touring with Franklin Graham all over the world. Praise God. Use a voice wherever you can use it. Use a guitar if you can use it. But be available for the Lord in whatever situation that we find ourselves in life. We're going to look forward to that tonight. Thank you so much, Zach. Yeah. Faith Promise, just going to reiterate the importance of filling out this slip. This is anonymous, folks. As I said last week, only God knows what you're going to put in there. But he's going to know because he's going to direct you through prayer. What you should put down, what you're going to sacrifice next year, this coming year. What you're going to trust God for to give in addition to general giving for missions worldwide. Support of people in at least 15, 16 countries from this church right now, as well as local missions. We've got Joan Lippis. Keep praying for her in Jerusalem. She's not coming home. She's staying there. That is her decision. 78 years old, 25 years in Jerusalem, in Israel, and Tel Aviv area. And she's having an opportunity to share faith with her neighbors, maybe in a more profound way than ever before. And she sees that as her calling by God. Lift her up. Call for protection. Call for her voice to be heard. As she's really got a heart for her fellow countrymen there. She's got dual citizenship of Israel as well as here. Uh, you can get your banquet tickets, your banquets next week. I think maybe the tickets say in two weeks. If you come in two weeks, I don't know who you're going to be eating with, but, <laughs> but it won't be at the banquet. <clears throat> get your tickets out here, 10 bucks a piece, maximum 30 for a family. That's a, that's a real good deal. I know what the, the menu is going to be, and it's going to be excellent, but the whole evening is going to be a a demonstration that we love God and we love his people and we love the people of this world as we culminate our missions month. I've already said tonight, come here at 5.30 and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you there. I think I've covered it all. Uh, Jacob, have I missed something? Uh, you think I'm okay, all right. Blame Jacob if I miss something. This is the 25th year. This is the silver anniversary of Bob Hiltz being our missionary, one of our missionaries. Out of Hume Lake, out of Dinuba, is that correct? Dinuba, I mean, all those towns come together there. Ventures for Victory basketball overseas in the Philippines. He and his wife, for many years, Sharon traveled, ministered, and then called out of Hume Lake to Camping International. He's going to tell you what God has done worldwide, but specifically in Europe and Eastern Europe. 
and into Mongolia and probably touching parts of China, eastern China. He'll, he'll let us know. But probably more people have come to Christ through this ministry, the possibility than all of our other missionaries put together because of the broad reach of Camping International with youth throughout all those regions and the thousands of camps that they've held. So it's our privilege to have Bob Hiltz with us this morning and this evening. Be sure to come back this evening as well. Bob, God bless you. So I'm a grandpa. I have to brag on my grandkid a little bit. Zach was leading people to Christ when he was in elementary school. He's had a heart for God all those years. The last six years, he's 22 now, the last six years, what? Excuse me, 21. That's right. He just started going into bars and stuff when he was <laughs> to preach the gospel, of course. The last six years, he hasn't missed one day studying his Bible, having devotions. Think about that. I can't say that of myself. <laughs> Probably not very many people can say that. It's because he's had a desire to study God's word, and he's worked through John MacArthur's podcast. He knows the Bible so well. Uh, it, it's incredible to me. And I'm all, all only saying that because, yes, he's a great guitar player. He could go to Nashville right now and get picked up by band just bang that quick. But he wants to serve God with his abilities. Now, I want you to pray for him. He's been suffering greatly he was you got to go clear back he was a preemie baby of course when uh, when COVID hit it hit his system hard he hasn't tasted food for two years or more almost three years he hasn't tasted a morsel of food because it hung with him he was one of the first to get COVID in his area in the sacramento area and they didn't know what to do, and they weren't, he never was treated for anything for so long. And, uh, and then, on top of it, you know what Lyme's disease is? You get it from the tick of, of a deer or something when there's another related thing like that. He's a hunter, he's a professional fishing guide in Alaska, and on the Sacramento River and the drainage around there, has his, has his own boat. Oh, somebody mentioned about the fish he caught yesterday on the Trinity River, up by the northern border of California. Yesterday morning, he caught a 30-inch uh, steelhead. That's, there's 18 inches, so it's about that long. And if you want to see a picture of it, it's a, it's a native fish, and, uh, and he takes people fishing all the time. But his heart is for serving God. You mentioned that he works with Samaritan's Purse. He's, played all across America in different places, and uh, worked up at the OHOP uh, Samaritan's Purse thing for wounded veterans for two years, was a fishing guide up there and did music. And God has his hand on him, but pray for him because he's still suffering, especially from the thing that's like Lyme's disease. And he sees the doctor every week, he's on medications, and they're trying to get it under control. So it's a labor of love for him to do full concerts. He can do it, but he pays a price for it. But God has his hand on him, and we'll see what that will mean in the future. His heart's right before God, so keep him in your prayers if you would. I'm so glad to be back here. I feel like this is like a home away from home. And as I look at this church, I know you remodeled this I think I've seen it remodeled three or four times in some, you know, over, over the last 25 years. And how many of you were here 24 years ago when Sharon and I came? Hold it, hold it up for a while. I want to look at you. Wow, you guys are old. 
And Sharon passed away about four years ago, and she would speak with me, and we had great times here. And, and God called me to keep going with the ministries the way we were doing. I'm 81 now, and I uh, don't have quite the zip that I used to have, but um, I, I was suffering myself for 10 weeks. I've been better for about three weeks now. First, I had pneumonia, and then I was so weak. I've never been weaker in my life. I lost 25 pounds in 10 days. I used to be 223 pounds. Now I'm 170 something and trying to gain some of it back. And then right at the end of that, I got the newest strain of COVID. And that, oh my God, I, I'm telling you, I was sitting in my chair day and night, not sleeping for days. It was horrible. And I really appreciate prayers of people that have brought me back. I'm not all the way back energy. I, th I would say I'm about 80% 80, 80 back, but the good thing is it's coming back. I'm lifting some weights, you know, trying to walk two or three miles a day, and it's coming back. And uh, I look forward to, to being back in Mongolia, Ukraine, Russia, all the countries around there. I've been in 65 countries since I was a part of this church and most of the time sharing the gospel. I'm not saying that to brag. I'm, not, I'm going to tell you some incredible, unbelievable statistics, and in no way am I bragging. It's a God thing. It's God's power, God's direction. All glory goes to God, not to me. I'm really not very smart. And I, you know, I, I can humbly say that God has worked through me in lots of ways and used and dropped incredible opportunities into my life. That's part of it. And then as I and Sharon together stepped out and did things, they were just blessed beyond what we, you, could, you couldn't even dream up, the, the things that God has done. And you've been a partner of that. This church has been a partner with that. Um, before, uh, I, I directed uh, program ministries at Hume Lake for 22 years. For seven years before that, we were missionaries in the Philippines. Anybody know what I just said? Any Filipinos here? <laughs> oh, I said good morning to all you wonderful, good-looking people. <laughs> but so between that and Hume Lake, God has given me an increased desire to make sharing the gospel message and bringing people to a moment of decision. You know, Billy Graham said that years ago. He, he, he called this in his messages, now is the moment of decision. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit. And I want to make sure that everybody here has had the moment of decision when you passed from death onto life. That's a moment in time. You know, the theme here is such a great theme. I love it. Uh, harvest. Because a harvest only happens the moment that piece of fruit that's been developed and nurtured is picked. The moment you pick it, it passes from being a piece of fruit out there on the vine to be picked and harvested. And then uh, for 36 years on the side, I did a business in Alaska. So he's, he's got his good uh, um, in inheritance of, of all this desire to be a fishing guide. And I had this business, and even when I was at Hume Lake, I had this business, a fish guiding business, and I would take nine to 12 people at a time for about eight days up in Alaska doing helicopter, float planes, hiking in backcountry, up rivers, out in the ocean for all kinds of fish. And uh, two years ago, I gave that up. It's a little hard. You know, Alaska's pretty rugged. I caught myself, you know, stepping in holes, and then, you know, it's not a pretty picture. 
But uh, I decided that, that that was done and let Zach take over on, on being the fishing guide, and it's fun to see him do it. But the fishing experience is, is quite a bit like harvesting. In fact, you know, God used illustrations about fishing maybe as much as harvesting crops. And again, you come to the, to the moment where you strategize. And uh, I'll talk a little bit about tonight in, in my message. It's going to be a, a light message, not a heavy message. <clears throat> and uh, and how, how to be uh, a, a real fisher of men and women, uh, what it takes and how you're going to know if you are a fisher of men and women. We'll talk about that. But th the whole experience of, uh, of being in farm country, we all live in farm country. We, we see the workers, if we're not the workers ourselves, and, and we see the, the fruit growing on the trees. And, and, you know, it always comes down to one piece of fruit at a time. I, I've thought in my life as I was growing up a lot about Billy Graham. Uh, I grew up in a family that would watch on a black and white TV. Yes, it really happened. A black and white TV, the Billy Graham crusades of around the world. I can remember when Billy Graham spoke in Los Angeles at his beginning crusade. We were sitting and watching our black and white TV. But before I talk more about that, I want to give you a few foundational verses that just mean so much to me in my own life and are basic to the harvest. And there are such important verses. First one I want to talk about is 1 Peter 3, 9. For the Lord is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to newness of life. Everyone on earth, God wants us to give the gospel to and to give them an opportunity, that moment of decision when they can pass from death onto life. And then, you know, we're at a time where people have pumpkins out all, all the harvested, I'll say, all the harvested pumpkins. We have them on our porches and in our house. Well, I want to give you the scariest verse in the Bible. Scariest verse, and there's a couple of them in Matthew chapter 7. Depart from me. I never knew you. So many people in the world are going to hear that when they pass from this earth and they face the judgment day. Depart from me, for I never knew you. How many people are in churches? They're going to hear that story because they were playing games with God. God doesn't play games. Either you've made a commitment for God, for Christ, and given your life to him, confessed your sins, repented of your sins, and you are serving the Lord in some way in your life. You know that you're in the family of God. You're a servant of God. Only those will hear the best verse in the Bible, and that is, come on in, you good and faithful servants. So we got the scariest and the best, both in Matthew. And that's Matthew 25, 21 through 23. Come on in, good and faithful servant. Are you sure you're going to hear that when you die and you go to heaven and you're faced with eternity? Which one are you going to hear? And then the, my two favorite verses about harvest. One is Luke 10, 2. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. <clears throat> and I found that to be so true. P 
People, God has prepared people, I believe, all over the world to hear the gospel. And if you commit yourself to sharing your faith, everybody has a story to tell about how they came to Christ. And there are people you can bring to help bring to Christ who nobody else in this church or Billy Graham or Franklin Graham or anybody else, nobody's going to do it. You're the one God has intended to share that gospel. <clears throat> You're going to find that God has prepared the way. I had one year, and I've done this several times, where I say, God, this year I'm committing myself to present, not in meetings, but in all kinds of others, other ways, to give the gospel whenever you bring someone to me. Now, that makes you sensitive to God's leading. When, you're, when, you, when you say, I want to live in what I call God's space, where God is directing. Over 200 people I was able to lead to, lead to Christ personally in one year. And God, when God puts it on my heart at different times, different ways, you know, I can't say I'm this hot Christian all the time that always is thinking, but God puts it on my heart. I commit myself to him. It's unbelievable the ways God brings it. Uh, I think I have time to tell you a story. I was in uh, on, a, on a flight. I was getting on a flight from Frankfurt to Moscow, and people were coming out of the tarmac, walking outside, and then there was a whole gob of people standing at the entrance to the plane to walk up into the plane. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I, it was this time where I was especially sensitive to sharing the, the word with people. And I'd had tr uh, several opportunities in airplanes. You know, people are kind of stuck when they get there next to you. If, if your heart is for God, give me that opportunity. Well, in line was a very beautiful Muslim girl and um, maybe three or four people in this crowd. She was there and she put her hand up like this and she had what I thought was uh, I would say three to four carat diamond on her finger. Now I have to tell you, God has led me to start maybe 30, 30 plus businesses with a three to $5,000 investment. Some of that was your church money in different places to support ministries because we have over a thousand camps. A lot of those can't pay for themselves. So when, when she put her hand up, I went, like that, just when she looked up and thought, there is a dirty old man <laughs> looking over my shoulder. I thought, oh, Lord, what am I going to do? So naturally, we get up. There's one seat left. She comes down, and she sits right next to me. No, I shouldn't say right next to me. I should say about a seat and a half because she was scooted as far away from me as she could get. <laughs> and I thought, Lord, what? What, what am I going to do? I want to give her the gospel. And finally, it just popped into my head. God put it there. And I said, somebody must really love you. I didn't even know if she spoke English. But she said, she looked at me and said, you're right. Somebody does. They did give me my, no. She said, why do you say that? And I said, because of your beautiful ring. She said, yes, somebody does. And it's my husband. And now the ice was broken. Uh, she, she knew that that's what I was looking at, her ring. And, and I had had a jewelry business that we had started in the Philippines and oil paintings. And, and we had the Filipinos. Uh, and we also had a chicken farm and a pig farm all out in the Philippines. Anyway, um, so because of my interest in that ring, God gave me this opportunity to share my faith with her. And before we were done, I was able to give her the gospel. 
and she invited me to her home in Morocco. And uh, I was never able to go there, but she gave me phone number of her parents and all that kind of stuff. Is that a God thing or what? You can't dream that up. I can't make up a story like that. That's God's story. And many other opportunities. So the harvest is plentiful in Luke 10, too. There are people all around us that need, and God will prepare. If we wake up in the morning and say, Lord, I'm here to serve you. Here I am. God will bring people into your life. That's what I've found. Sometimes I wake up, I'm too grumpy, and I don't hear God's voice, you know. Sometimes I'm waking up, but most mornings I wake up and I say, God, here I am. What are you going to do with me today? The other verse alludes to what I just said, John 4.35. The fields are ready for harvest. Now, I've, I've found that in certain countries, are really hot for a while, and, and many, many people come to Christ. We have, when I first went uh, to Russia, I was sent by the leadership uh, in Christian Camping International, and I was directing the ministries at Hume Lake, the program ministries, and they said, you need to go over there because communism has just fallen. Now, I'm not going to tell you the rest of that story. I'm going to tell the rest of that story tonight. <laughs> so you come back and you're going to hear how God started all these amazing things. We estimate a very low ball estimate is that half a million to a million people have come to Christ in just the camps. And that was a God thing. I'll tell you a little bit about that, a little more about that tonight. I want to, first of all, now that I'm halfway through, say thank you for your support. I know that you're raising funds right now in your faith promises. Missionaries cannot do what they do, and that can be a part of your ministry unless you believe it's a part of your ministry, both in prayers and both and in giving. And I'm telling you, you can't outgive God. You've heard that before. And God will bless you as you give to him financially. And because of the finances of this church, and I have 12 supporting churches. Well, no, 11. One, one dropped out this year. Uh, but 11 supporting churches, and you... I'm pretty sure this was the first church that picked up our support because we knew uh, Randy and Sarah uh, from Hume Lake. And as soon as we were not with Hume Lake, they said, come on down. So I'm pretty sure you were the first. The second would have been the little church up in Squaw Valley, right there on the left as you drive up into the park on the left. I think they were the second. And then God's given us some churches that uh, and, and many and several hundred people who are individual donors. It would not happen without the support from people like you. So it's a, it's a very serious thing, and that can be your, one of your ministries. I know everybody isn't a preacher, and you're scared to death of telling your neighbor about Christ. That doesn't mean you shouldn't, because like I say, there are some people you know that Franklin Graham will never be able to speak to, or your pastor, or, or anybody else, and, and you're the one. And all you have to do is share, share your own personal story. Now, in a minute, I'm going to give you part of that story that you need to be sharing. By the way, I never looked at my watch when I started. When am I supposed to be done? Because I could ramble on for three or four hours here. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, you were the one who called me originally. When, when should I be done? 12, 10 or so. Okay, I better go because I haven't even started on my page of notes. All right. <laughs> See? All right. 
So the main thing is, I, I want to say is that God has done so many things in these 24 years and going on 25, uh, 65 countries. I've played on uh, basketball teams against Olympic teams in nine countries of the world and all over, every time sharing the gospel at halftime. Thousands of camps, uh, probably 1,300 camps, that we'd started with what I call a multi-marketing program where you get leaders together and you teach them what to do. They go out and teach others and they teach others and they teach others. And the seminars that are going on today, even last year in Russia and Ukraine, over 50 seminars that I wasn't a part of took place, training leaders. So those people are about five levels down now you know, multi-market uh, marketing, multi-level marketing. Uh, and, and God has used that marketing technique in training those to train others and so forth. And so what I feel that my job today is, is to make sure they don't turn into like Harvard University that started out as a Christian college. And uh, somehow they are, they're not that way today and organizations and churches all across the world and people who started out with a fire for God, reading the word, slogans and, and verses on their uh, campuses and in their organizations, but somehow they quit sharing the gospel. And I feel like with all these camps, it's my job to make sure they keep giving the gospel message because it's the moment of decision that people have to come to where they pass from death onto life. And that's what God wants us to do. And that's what, that's what my passion is. And it's one piece of fruit at a time. So one piece of fruit is a, is a harvested fruit. One fish caught is a harvested piece. And then all together, by the way, I'm going to have you do something with this fruit when, when we finish. And it's going to help you be a part of the harvest. So 65 countries, all these 1,300 or so camps, 10 sport leagues in, in countries where they have whole country sport leagues. And in most of the world, their favorite sport is what? soccer, football. And so like in Ukraine, for example, we have seven levels of leagues from little kids up to just below the pro league, pro level. That's the entire country, even now during the war. And thousands of kids are in this and they hear the gospel at every practice. And we have that in, in ten, uh, eight different countries with 10 different sport leagues. We have over 5,000 trained leaders that came to a two-week seminar to learn how to run Christian camps or other Christian organizations, and that's still going on all the time. 32 orphanages where we have people who come in and adopt in three different ways. I don't have time to tell you all, all the different ways, but some of it is right in the facility. They'll drop, adopt three or four kids that they come in, and then others are in-country adopting people, and then being adopted to America or other places to Russian-speaking families. And we have 32 orphanages that we work with, and we have dedicated staff. So I'm skipping through some of my notes here. So how did I get this passion in my heart for the harvest? When I was eight years old, my mother was a child evangelism trainer. I don't know if you know about this organization, but back then, I don't know if they do it now, they would have a flannel graph like this, and that's like a piece of wool or something, and then they would put figures on it, Jesus, the disciples, sheep, shepherd, you know, that kind of stuff. And I sat there when I was eight years old listening to my mother, and every time, she gave a lesson from the Bible. It would come down 
Do you have Jesus in your heart? And at one point I came to her and I said, I want to make sure I have Jesus in my heart. And as sinful as I was as an eight-year-old, I gave it all to Jesus at that time. And that's why at camp we have, have people at Hume Lake, you know, who every, every year the kids come back, they make another decision, and people say, oh, they're just making the same decision. No. Every year a young person grows up, and you get older, even to my ancient age, Satan still is at work in our life, and we have to confess to him and keep our life and our heart clean. And my, my mom started doing that, and I remembered that. And when I was a young teacher, teenager, got my attention beyond just knowing that I have Jesus in my heart to wanting 2 Corinthians 5.15, he died for all, so that those who live should not live for themselves but should live for the one who died and rose again for them. And God got my attention at that time, 2 Corinthians 5.15, and that's when I really gave my life to the Lord to serve him. But it started with my mom being faithful in sharing the gospel and then eventually leading me to Christ. So that passion has stayed with me all these years. Mom, moms out here, you have a lot of power. Make sure you use it with your kids. Oh, by the way, dads, you're not off the hook. Every child should have a visual picture of their dad with the Bible open, reading the word, hopefully every day. That will do more than anything you can say to them. Of course, you need to live your life for the Lord too. But if they see you dads with a Bible in your hand, and they have this as they're growing up, a visual picture. It's going to be a powerful thing to them to want to have that same faith and to have that same relationship with the Lord. <clears throat> Skipping lines. <laughs> so my point with my mother was, there's always a moment of decision. With Billy Graham, the moment of decision. In John chapter 3, uh, Nicodemus, uh, a rich young guy, came to Jesus and said, what, what, what must I do to go to heaven? In John chapter 3. And Jesus said what? You must be... Say it again. You must be... Born again, born again is a moment. It's a moment in time when you weren't born and now you are born. A harvest is the moment you weren't picked fruit and then all of a sudden, now you're a part of the harvest. Everything comes down to that moment. And, and I love that because in, in the fishing business, they also call, uh, the fishing game also car, calls catching fish, a harvest. And, and Jesus used those two things, the, the fruit of the fields and the fish in the water. And Jesus told uh, uh, the, the four fishermen, um, Peter, Andrew, James, and John, follow me because I will make you fishers of men. And he intended to teach them how to give the people the word so that they can commit their life to Jesus. And of course, before that, he'd said, cast your, your nets on the other side. And from being skunked, you like to be skunked. Have you ever been skunked? Not yet? Oh, a couple times out of thousands of times. Yeah. But fishermen, oh, you don't even want to hear that when people say, how'd you do? You know, did you catch one or did you didn't? No, I was skunked. Yeah. Well, Jesus didn't want us to be skunked. He wanted to give us opportunities, and he told them to throw their nets, and they got a whole big harvest of fish. So it can be one, or it can be a whole lot. I've got to just tell you, I've been talking about that moment of salvation. It's so important that every believer 
knows what it takes to bring someone to the moment passing from death, not knowing Christ, not being a child of God, to accepting Christ, having your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life so that you can hear, come on in, good and faithful servant. servant. You have to have some kind of a basic outline in your mind of how you're going to share your faith. And by the way, all you have to do is say to Siri, Siri, uh, what are the four spiritual laws? And that comes up, and you can just have people read it if you get to that point. And basically, we're talking about a person recognizing that they're a sinner and they have need of Jesus Christ. And then getting to the point where they realize that if they want to be a child of God, they have to confess their sins and they have to repent of their sins and they have to be, want to have a changed life. They have to come to that moment before they can pray the sinner's prayer. And repenting of your sins is, is so very, very important. And, and it's such a simple thing to say, this is what I did. This is what God showed me. And you read the four laws that you can just look up real quick. And of course, I've got verses with all of these things. We don't have time to go through all of them. But uh, at that point, they need to know that God forgave them of their sins. If, you, if you, they pray the prayer and repent of their sins, then they need to know that God forgave them. In fact, the, the, the verse that is uh, so very, very important is that I know it, but I'll, I'll say it wrong if I am. So it's a guarantee that you can be a child of God forever and for in eternity. At John 5, 15, it says, These things I write unto you, that you may know that you have eternal life. And if you don't know that you have eternal life, you know, I feel, I feel compelled this morning. It might take an extra five minutes. But I want you all to bow your heads. And I want you to think, do you know that you have eternal life? Do you know that you have confessed your sins and repented of your sins and you want to be in the family of God? And do you know that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life? If you do, then you are going to hear Come on in, good and faithful servant. But if you don't know that, and you're sitting here, this could be your moment of decision. And I, and I don't want you to make a decision that you feel pressured to, but there might be, even in this great Bible teaching church, there may be some here who have never said, Jesus, I want to repent of my sins. I want to be your child. And if you're one of those people, I want to have you pray silently a prayer after me. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for paying the penalty of my sins, for dying on the cross, I repent, and I want to serve you, and I want to please you, and I want my name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Lord, I know it's not going to be easy for me because I've got all these bad habits. I want you to take control of my life and make me a new person. So come into my life. I am yours. And then I want you to pray, thank you, Lord Jesus, for coming into my life. I want to please you with my life. Amen. Keep your heads bowed. If you prayed that prayer this morning for the first time in your life, you prayed that prayer, raise your hand just so I can, I'm not going to have you do anything else. I just want to see your hand if you accepted Christ.
two men, three men, some ladies. Yes, hands, there's hands up. Now I'm going to pray, Lord Jesus, I just thank you for being so good to send your son or to send, to, to give yourself, I mean, on the cross to pay the penalty for my sins. And, and I thank you that you have given me. I know now that I am a child of God. Nobody can ever take that away from me. I want to please you in my life. That's what I want you to know, God, that you've done that for me, and I thank you for it. Thank you, Jesus. That's what I want you to pray yourself. All right, you can look up. Exciting. Maybe 10, 10 or more people made that moment decision when they pass from death unto life right here. And we can only thank God for it because now we are all part, all of us that have prayed that prayer are, are part of the harvest. Now, I've had this um, very interesting, I think to you, a little bucket of fruit up here. I don't know if you can see it. Uh, Zach, would you hold that up so the people in the back can see it? So I have to tell you, this is off of my tree in my backyard. About 10 years ago, you can put it down now. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, you made a mess of it. <laughs> so you're, you're going to get a bite if you want it, but you're going to have to do something. I told you we don't know how many hundred thousand people have come to Christ in the camps. With over a thousand camps, if one person accepted Christ every summer, that would be how many people? Thousand camps. Uh, yeah. So if 20 people accepted Christ, we have some camps where, I have one camp where one week 400 people accepted Christ. So the number of a half million plus over all these years could be way, way low. But the point is, I want every one of these pear apples, and they're really good, by the way, to represent 1,000 people who have found Christ as this church has supported it. I'd say that's a pretty good harvest, wouldn't you? And I want you to take one of those, if you're willing to do this, and there are two boxes by the garbage can there and back there in the back, or, or out of this. And I want you to take one piece of fruit, if you will commit to pray for five days, put it up on the top of your sink, children are included this, you can all grab a piece of fruit. And this piece of fruit represents 1,000 people that have accepted Christ, partly because this church was faithful in giving in your faith promises. And that's not an exaggeration. I, mean, I really believe that. We could have never gone without support of this church and others and the finances and prayer. And... So you put it up there, you take it and you put it up, and, and I want you to pray in several areas. So you might want to say, I want to pray for the orphans that came to Christ. And by the way, we have people that have escaped, and tonight we can take questions on all the things that we have. We have eight countries where people have come out of Ukraine. We have orphans, orphan ministries, and lots of, lots of other things. We have two TV programs, we have radio programs. This is a God thing. And these people, many of them that have no hope, are ready to hear the gospel like never before. And I want you to pray. Maybe it's refugees. Maybe it's young people from the sport leagues in, in the different countries. Maybe it's from our training seminars, evangelistic meetings we have. All these things, the, the Christian camps that are in so many countries, and, and I didn't even talk about it, but one of our, our greatest things is where we've started 17 churches in Mongolia and four in 
inner Mongolia, which is northern China, that we can't even hear from our pastors. They're under such great pressure right now. And lots of different things. If God puts it on your heart, you use that fruit at least once a day or better off every time you come by the fruit. Yeah, Lord, I just want to pray for those kids. Pick one of those ministries and speak about them and the people who've come to Christ. 1,000 kids per fruit. Is that really nuts or what? No, it's not nuts. It's fruit. Anyway, that's what we're going to do. And uh, you don't have to tell anybody what you're doing. This is between you and God. You take that fruit and you use it to be a continuation of what God is doing in this church. And you pray for those people and you give towards your, your church pledge department or whatever you're calling it. <laughs> and, and God will bless you. And you are a part of the what? The, starts with an H. Part of the, you're going to be a part of the harvest if you do that, or if you give the pledge to the church, or if you commit your life like some people did here. Now, for those of you who prayed the sinner's prayer, became a new believer in Christ, I want you to have one of my books, and I forgot to bring them. Zach, could you go to the back of my truck? In it is a green backpack. And I've got books for those people. And we're going to put them up here in the front. And I want you to be sure to have one. The whole plan of salvation is in there. And a lot of the things I've talked about, plus a lot more. And that's it. That's my story. And I'm sticking to it. Well, Bob, before you go, let me pray for you and the you. things that the Lord's doing in your life still. Thanks, Lord, we thank you for Bob and his commitment to you, first of all. Lord, you have seen him through so many different trials, so many different places, uh, different people groups, different languages, different ministries. And uh, Lord, the one thing I hear Bob saying is that you are faithful in all of them. Mm -hmm. You will accomplish what you have set out to accomplish as Matthew and uh, Simon or Simon Peter and Andrew, they left their nets immediately to follow you. So, so too, Lord, we ask that you would give us that same conviction that Bob has, that we would drop what we have, that we would pick up what you have, Lord, and that we would see the fruit, that we would know that the harvest is plentiful and that we would be the workers that are sent out into your field. Thank you for Bob and pray that you would continue to give him health and healing and uh, restore his body from the time that he was ill and that you would continue to bless the ministries that he's a part of. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for being here with us.